Well, hello and welcome to the Breakfast of Champions uh, with the, the, the selection of the world champions who are attending or are helping here in uh, Slovakia at the uh, Huddy Arena for the uh, two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive world championships. We have a, a lovely croissant. Anyone would like a nice breakfast croissant? That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, Ryan's gone straight for the beer. Croissant, anybody? They, they, were, they are fresh. And a massive nine euro cents each from Lidl. I have to say, great value, great value. So with us here, we have a range of champions. We'll start with, the reason you're ordered this way round is it's in order of when you won your first world championship. So we have, our, we have the 1999 one eighth track champion and 2004 one tenth nitro champion, Adrian Bertan. The 2005 two wheel drive electric off-road champion in Neil Cragg. We have uh, Jared Tebow, the 2007 four-wheel drive and the 2013 two-wheel drive championship. We have Bruno Coelho, the 2015 four-wheel drive electric champion, but also last year won the, two th the TC championship, electric TC. We have our Nitro world champion from 2016, Dave Ronnefalk, and Ryan Mayfield, who won both these uh, electric champions in 2017. So I'm going to start with our, with our most senior member. Uh, I like the You won your first championship in the days before the internet. Yes. So how did, you, how, how did people find out you won and how long did it take them to realise you were a champion? Yes, right after the race it didn't change much. I would say after the event you have the celebration and everything, but it was more getting the focus on winning a race, getting a goal and getting a target. Uh, what change is the next time you go to the track or next time you meet the people. Uh, it's where you can really feel with the congratulation and also the way that people look at you differently. Personally, it didn't change much my daily life or feeling. I was just satisfied of the, what I could achieve, but it's more on how the people look at you and keep looking at you because even if I'm the older world champion here, but still uh, the, the people that have interest in RC, they always uh, uh, yeah, see you differently. I think it's, uh, it's uh, the time makes you realize that it's happening. Neil, you won also in a, in a day where we had to wait for the magazine a month later. I mean, how, how did, after many years of trying, I mean, how did that hit when you came back home and suddenly people, you were world champion? Did it change people's attitude to you, do you think? Uh, not really, no, but like Adrian says, the next race you go to, everyone knows that you're world champ. Everyone, you know, you become famous overnight almost, and you know people want to beat you more because <laughs> you're the top dog. But nothing really changed, you know, personally or anything. Like that. It was a dream. To, it was a dream to to win it, not just for me, but for my family. You know, his, my dad's a big part of it, and to win it for him while my mum was still there, it was pretty awesome. But. Uh, didn't really change anything for me. It was just a just a title that I always wanted, and I had it. And that was it. Jared, you won your two titles six years apart. Did they feel different? Or were they? And did they, were they? Because the first one was still sort of the end of the magazine era, and by 2013, in the internet era, was it different? Uh, yeah, it was quite a bit different. Um, you know, for me, 2007 was pretty big. Um, not really sure if it really changed my career but it kind of solidified to myself that I could do it on my own my dad was always there before that so that was kind of like my first really big success uh, working on my cars myself so um, I think that changed some of my career just that 
you know, it proved to people that I could do it and proved to myself that I could do it and, you know, keep it going. Um, but yeah, that was kind of before the internet. So, it was, you know, kind of like these guys said, you kind of wait until, you know, the next race. Like I remember going to the, uh, the eight scale worlds the next year. And then you see kind of all the, you know, overseas racers, you don't see that much and everyone's saying good job and everything. Cause there's, you know, we're not all Facebook buddies or whatever. Um, then 2013 was totally different. Uh, my wife was there. Uh, my daughter was there, you know, the internet, um, was different then. And so that was just really cool having, having, you know, my wife there. So, um, you know, she sees all the hard work behind the scenes and, you know, all the ups and downs and everything. So that was really cool. So my, you know, both my titles were different. I wouldn't say they were like life changing or anything. Um, but you know, I, I really wanted to have, you know, I'm, I'm still chasing the eight scale. I'd love to have a world title in all the categories that I compete in. That's, you know, a big goal. Um, you know, but super proud to have a two wheel and a four wheel. Bruno, you've, you've uh, won two, two titles. In many ways, the first world title you won, we weren't expecting you to win because you won a four-wheel drive electric off-road and we thought, well, yeah, he's, just, he's having a bit of fun. He's, you know, he's going out you know, to China for a bit of a laugh. But you, were, you, were you as surprised as all of us were when you became world champion so early in Japan? Sorry. Yeah, for sure. It uh, was a, a surprise for me as well. Uh, after the two-wheel drive, that was a disaster for me. Uh, winning the four-wheel drive was for sure the best, the best result until today. Uh, I was not expected as everyone, uh, but was, I can say, the, the biggest boon on my career as I, I started, I think, like one year before, or almost two years before. Um, yeah, and after that race was a big, uh, a big boon on my career. And uh, as a person, I didn't change nothing at that time. Uh, winning that, that World Championship was very good in many points. Bad in other points, but you know that's uh, what's, that's. Uh, what's bad about winning a world championship? Yeah, the people that hate you and uh, you know doesn't doesn't we really. Didn't even know who you were. <laughs> 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 I, I knew him. He, he was just starting. Yeah, I remember. I remember him when he was younger, yeah. as well. Yeah, we had the next, <laughs> next five euros in on road in '95, probably. Yes, yes, in Argentina when I was 14 years old. So many many races before I raced it. Um, but yeah, off-road never, so it was my first uh, world champion in 110. So for sure it uh, changed a lot of things for me, it was very good uh, for my career, for as a driver, for, with the sponsors and everything, so for sure really happy about it. In, in many ways, I think, David, you, you won in the, in the biggest glare of publicity, the Vegas world. It was a massive event. It was you know, very well covered. And, and, and we, all, we, we all watched it. I still have to watch it, you know, even, the, even the terrible times. I mean, it must be basically, as soon as you won that, did, did everything change? No, like all the previous guys uh, have said here. I mean, for, me, for myself, I think it didn't change much. Um, you know, obviously, I was looking for that, for, you know, to get a world title at, you know, any class I'm competing in. It's a great success and it, you know, it feels really good, of course. Um, but yeah, just like the other say, like the way that people look at you after that, I think that is what changed the most. Then, of course, winning in Vegas was probably one of the best locations you can win in. Except for that, I was 20 years old, so I couldn't party in the night, so I couldn't celebrate. <laughs> but I got a lot of pictures and everything from Hakkasan and all these clubs, you know, with people celebrating my win for me. So, you know, it was a disappointing uh, not being 21 there, but, uh, you know, obviously I can't be disappointing having a having a world title uh, and being yeah having done it in eight scale which is my main class um, is something I'm very proud of it's uh, you know a very difficult title to get I think I had some shots in the past I would say um, Sicily I I was you know on a good run there but 
I didn't make the main in the end, which was uh, it was tough that time. But I came back in Vegas, and you know it was nice to get that one after also having a rough time at the Euros that year. So it, it was a good title and a good bounce back. Ryan, we have a, uh, a saying in London. It's about our local transport. It's say you wait hours for a bus and then three turns up at once. You waited years for World Championship and got two in three days. I mean, what, what was that like? Uh, yeah, it was a little surprising, honestly. Um, I didn't really go prepare for that event much at all because I've learned in years past that when I put too much emphasis on one event, it doesn't really go well for me because just too much pressure and so I treated it like any event, which, um, you know, any other event I'm going to. Went there with an open mind, no real, you know, plan of attack. And, uh, yeah, it went well. I mean, yeah, I mean, like these guys said, it. Um, nothing in my life really changed. Um, I think what it did for me was just kind of like take some weight off my own shoulders because I put a lot of pressure on myself and um, just like everybody does. Um, but yeah, to get two in a row, you know, two at the same event, I think is good. I think, uh, you know, somebody like Jared uh, to win two, you know, six years apart at totally different facilities, in my opinion, is maybe a little more impressive because obviously I had the flow of the track and, um, you know, kind of had that facility for some reason. It felt good to me. So um, I would love to be able to back it up, you know, at a different track, obviously, just like anybody would love to back up their world championship. But you know, I think all these guys would agree that uh, winning a world is, it's not like any other race. It's, I mean, we all race in, you know, our our country, you know, Bruno's very successful in the EOS. We've, me and Jared have won 20 plus Roar National titles, the BRCA for Neil. I'm sure uh, Adrian over here has many Euro titles in his classes, you as well. But that doesn't mean anything when you come to the world. I mean, you come here to these events and you're nobody in in a sense because you have no idea what you have on that track so if you can get one of these much less some guys like cavalry that have four or you know this guy's got two in different completely different classes um i think that really says a lot about who you are and how you can adapt to crazy situations so um yeah, the world is unlike anything, and all it does, I think, for you, it just solidifies who you are inside and what you can overcome and what you can power through. Because we've all, everybody that won these worlds, they went through, you know, the, the weekend was not easy for them. It didn't start out probably good. It was super hard, and then they figured it out. So, um, yeah, it, I'm the same person I was before. It's nice to have the titles, and uh, it definitely puts a, you know, a little exclamation point on your career. But it doesn't mean nothing. We're, we got to go get another one. I think one thing that's interesting is, I, I mean, is, is really also how RC is seen outside by the general motorsport community. I know that, for example, you were recognized by the Swedish Federation. Was a, was a much kind of, a sort of general interest in your world championships in Portugal, Bruno? Did you have a, kind of the local press and the TV interested in you? Uh, unfortunately not. Oh. So I think, uh, as many other countries, we only ca they only care about football. Uh, unfortunately for us, but uh, yeah, my federation was super happy. They tried to make uh, the possible to bring uh, all TVs and everything, but ev nothing showed up. So unfortunately, because our hobby I think is quite big, and we we could have much more, much more like the, on the media, you know. Uh, yeah, but unfortunately we don't have so. Adrian, you've, um, you, you, you won two different championships in a, over a split time. Do you, do you kind of have a favourite, like a favourite child? Is it more you like the one or the other? Yeah. 
I think the, 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 the first one was great because it was uh, in France and uh, it's probably has been the, the best uh, coverage it has been, uh, I think, in my world experience from all the world championships I've done. I won in, in front of over 4,000 people. It was a crowd. I mean, the, the track in Clermont-Ferrand is like, uh, yeah, it's like a stadium. So 4,000 people cheering from you, the pressure was... I mean, the pressure was not high, but it was great. The media coverage was great. We had the TV. We had. Uh, I went on the the main uh, main. Um, how would you say the the, uh, um, the news? The news at the end, at uh, biggest news in uh, in France. So the the, the coverage was uh, was great, and of course, it was uh, the the first one. But I was also on the dynamic of I would say my career. Uh, I start more as a buggy driver, then I switched to on road because it was more my my skills and my my pleasure, but uh, I think it's harder to get the second one uh, because you have to you know you learn and uh, then you have to 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 find all this. It's a kind of feeling that is uh, coming. So the second one was was nice. Uh, in the mid, in the between, I changed my professional life because I think maybe like Neil, but uh, not like the other. I've never been a pro driver. I work into in the industry, but always had a work on the side. It has never been my my main uh, main uh, main focus. So on the on the second one, it was a new new project I was carrying on. I moved to Italy with my family, and uh, I was just joining the Sirio company for engine development to take care about the, what will be my next uh, step in the into the industry. And uh, from the start, uh, I could uh, get this title and. Uh, uh, like Jared said before, it was a nice thing. Also, my wife—it was my honeymoon, basically in the, in the second uh, race in, in uh, Brazil. And I even had a bet with my wife, and I said, "Okay, if I win this one, we're gonna get the second second kid." So <laughs> that's, I can't. Expensive title. Yes, uh, yeah, but you know, when you, you when you get the title, you get uh, hopefully some some money, some deserved money from from all the, the past effort and. Uh, I would say I could have afforded a second, uh, second child. So <laughs> two weeks later, it was done. But uh, anyway, that's, the, that's impressive fast work as well. Yeah. You have to, you have to be efficient. You have to, you, you have to be efficient, and uh, it's how it's how it went. But uh, yeah, the the two were the two were were different. I can't say one I like more than the other, but for sure the first one. For me, was my goal because it it was a way to be recognized into for, by the industry, and then it gives you more opportunity to to reach uh, the the. My goal was to be like I am today, uh, being ahead of a, a brand, uh, developing technical things. It has been my main uh, focus and my main pleasure in uh, in the RC. So yes, the first has been important to to give a value for that, and then it helped me a lot to to continue in my uh, professional uh, career. Um, Neil, we talked a little bit about you know the the, the outside um, acknowledgement of your of your win you know, back in 2005. I mean, did you did you find you're on Look North or something local, or was it completely ignored by papers and, and magazines and uh, outside the RC world? Uh, it was pretty much ignored, to be honest. I think I made the radio the next day, Radio One, which is the main radio station in England. Yeah, I got a little mention, which was pretty cool. But, but you know, like outside the RC community, no one's. You know, they're not too interested in it. I go back to work on Monday morning and I tell people that I sign autographs and <laughs> T-shirts and stuff and they think I'm crazy. Did you, did you know your wife? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Do you, have you ever used I'm a world champion as a chat-up line? 
didn't work. <laughs> she just thinks it's little toy cars. No, no, I, I didn't tell her for a long time that I, well, a couple of weeks that I race RC cars. It's only when she found out there was money involved. That's when she gets interested, same as every other woman. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, been a good time, though. You know, it's always nice. Like, uh, if you have bad results sometimes and you think, can I still do this? And I used to be a world champion. But my dad always says you're always a world champion. You know, when you win it one time, you'll always be for the rest of your career. So, you know, it's something, I mean, I'm not too far off the end of my career, let's be honest. I'm a pretty old man now. No, and there is all your fatty class. You can no, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to add a couple more world titles and I'm over for it. But, you know, it's something that I'll always cherish, you know. Charlie, you said between your first and second titles, obviously you, you, you gained a, a wife and a family. I mean, how important is that family support when you're travelling the world and you're coming to, the, to all these other world championships? And, and is it, in fact, you said, is it harder being a world championship without your family or is it easier being without your family? Um, I don't really know if it's easier or harder. Uh, I was married during my first one as well. Um, no kids or anything. It's definitely a lot tougher now, I think, with three kids. Um, you know, I can't just come back from a tough weekend and go, like, all right, I'm going to the track for the next five days. You know, it's like um, just scheduling everything like that. So that's that's a, that's a lot different. So, you know, my day-to-day -day is much different now than it used to be. Um, but you know, it's, you know, like, like Ryan really said, it's, uh, it's just super hard to win. There's so many skilled drivers now. Um, you know, it's tough to compare, you know, 2007 to, to even 2013, you know, it was quite a bit more competitive in 2013, but you really can't compare 2013 to now. Um, the effort that's put put in by all the top guys now is so insane and the pace is so insane um, you know you have to drive so hard so fast so precise all the time and you know if you make one mistake you're like 20th for the round or something you know or in, in the mains I mean you come up an inch short jump an inch wide or an inch long you know go an inch tight inch wide here it's like you crash and you lose a few spots and it's it's hard the competition is just crazy these days so i you know uh cherish my titles but i would love to get another one you know um like neil is saying i'm super proud that i have mine and you know i'm you know sometimes feel the same way if you have some bad results you're like man can i still you know, win these races, and then you're like, well, you know, I've done it before, racing a lot of the same people. You know, I feel like I can do it again, but you know, um, I love, I'd love to do it again. You, you did it this year, and things already race in the same year. Yeah. So you, you just, uh, you just a matter on. You just, I, th I think that what changed also is once you can reach the title, it's, it's a base, it's a, it's a reference for you in your mind in the hard time because you have always hard time. Uh, it's a reference to say I've been able to do it, and it's for, for me it's something you say. You have to you have always a technical explanation. Today probably the competition is tougher because I would say the product that you can get technically what you can buy in the shop is enough to win a world title. So you have more skilled driver able to get the stuff good enough, which was not the case 20 or 30 years ago. The technical side, the way you could prepare the car, was making also a big step. Today. There is not a, nothing which is really bad. So probably you have to run more into the, the details or, or whatever. 
but the skills is changing. I think the, sk the skills are changing because you don't have the same skill at uh, 25, 30, 35. It's, there are some steps that I could, I could feel. And, uh, and, and, and you have to deal with, understand, and work in a different way just to, 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 to be more efficient. I, take the, I think Ryan is a very good example of, of that. I think when he was young, he was widely skilled. I would say the, 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 the skill was just his main thing. I, know, I knew him uh, when he was younger, more skill, less control, still the speed, but never won. He, he won his title when he has been not the most, the slowest, but the more under control. And uh, you have a guy that can get them, we can get it really soon, like probably Davin and, uh, and, uh, and Bruno. But um, yes, you have to, to live and learn on, on that, but you also can work on the fact that there is no, no reason why at this level that a guy gives you one half second per lap because you are not able to drive anymore. It's my experience and it's also the, 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 the one I can also share with, uh, mainly with, uh, with, uh, with David. But if you have the skill and you put the proper work at this level, there are a lot of competition, but I think still very few have the mind, mindset and the, the really skill to make the difference at the, at the D-Day. So I think, uh, yes, like Jared said, he, of course, he's, he's older, he has more, more things, but probably the, the, the key is to, to, to get a different approach. You can't get the same skill at 20 and 30, especially, I think, in the, the, the buggy class. Yes. And especially the, the, the buggy, the buggy class. The buggy class is a, is a most difficult because it's a more reactive, the more sensitive. I have the, the experience of driving this, and it's, it's a different game. And uh, it's like uh, uh, when you do athletics, you, the, the young guy they always have the fast guy. But if you take the marathon, it's not the young guy that are winning um, because it's a different effort. You have to adapt your skill for for that. But I think, uh, yeah, until. 30, 35, you, there is still something to do. But you have to probably work harder, differently, and take your opportunity. But it's so, Ryan, do you feel that as well? Perhaps you know, the age is, is playing against you, or do you think it's a, a, you were kind of maturing, as you say, into a, into a fine wine? I mean, of course age is affecting it. I mean, age affects everything. But I think with age you, comes maturity and comes prioritizing and you know understanding what it what you know things that actually matter you know to go fast you know I, Spencer Rifkin now a two-time world champion I mean he loves playing with these all these little do you know doodads and gadgets and like oh I bought this stiff check thing or I got this shock measuring thing and I'm like it doesn't matter none of that matters like what matters is understanding what you need in your car to go drive and um, so I mean, I think another thing that people probably, I, I think if I never won a world championship, it, w it wouldn't make my career not a success. You know what I mean? I, it's just a nice, it's really nice to have that. But you don't, I don't think you need it to have a successful career in this industry. There's a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys that have world championships that you don't even know who they are. You, most people probably don't know who they are at this moment. And they never won a race after that. So... I think it's it, it's about what you know for you know I'm sure Jared and everybody knows that you know we're doing this for a living 
and you can't make a living at this winning a world championship every two years. You got to go to every race every weekend and try to win. And you know, that's what we do. And because of that, that's what has made us a world champion because everywhere we go, we put in more effort or the same effort or try to put in more effort than the guy we're racing. And then it all comes together for a weekend and it, it can potentially turn into a world championship. So, you know, it's, it's pretty insane. Uh, this racing, it's so technical. There's a lot going on and, you know, one setup on your car that doesn't mean it's not it's not going to work on the next guy's car you have to get what your car needs what you need from your car um and uh yeah it it's nuts it's nuts isn't it yeah. <laughs> so Dave, do, do you feel do you do sort of as you have this world championship now but do you now have a kind of a career plan do you see yourself you know okay every two years i've got a thing i've got to aim for but do you think i'll be doing this i'm 30 and then i'll have to get a a job like Adrian does supporting me. I mean, how far ahead do you look? You're one of the youngest men here, of course. Well, I'm, I'm 23. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not 17 anymore, of course. But uh, obviously, you know, every race I go to, I want to win. And that's what we work for. Uh, me and well, Adrian. You got today by a 33-year-old a couple times. So I, I know. So at least 10, 10 more years then, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, for sure, I think uh, the next 10 maybe 15 years I'm, I'm gonna try to go to as many races with a focus on winning uh, of course uh, you know I think that social media is a big part of, of your job today uh, as a driver as well and you know I'm, I'm trying to work on that making videos here and there at a few races when I have my friends coming with me because you know I, I could try to do it myself but you know it's gonna take a lot of time for me to make those videos editing while having to focus on driving is impossible. So the times when I can have my, my two friends, two good friends that come with me and making videos and stuff, I think it's great. Um, you know, it definitely adds to it. But uh, the main focus for me is, is to go to the races and, and do my, mess, my best and, you know, hopefully get as many wins as I can. That's it. Uh, Brittany, Brittany, you've got a kind of a, uh, I think, it's, am I right that you were very close to giving up RC at one point, a couple of weeks prior to it, and suddenly you're, you're perhaps you can explain how that, happened how you suddenly didn't give up and you end up with two world championships um yeah i was on my my last year of rc so i basically started to work a normal job let's say um and basically I, my father was paying all bills so all rc race national races he was paying international races and as soon as i i started to get the salary i said okay i don't want you to pay me anymore so i will start to pay myself the the travels you know and only when I start to pay myself, I realize how much he spends every month for it. So I was like, okay, I don't want this for my life because I was going to the European Championships. I was finishing like European uh, champion junior. I was finishing 11 overall, everything. And I didn't have anything from the sponsors. So I started to think like, okay, this not, there's no future for me here. So I said to my dad, like, okay, this year is the last year we are going to do. So um, we went that year to the um, European Championship in, in Spain. I, I bring all my family, girlfriend, everything to the, just in holidays, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember I was there like with one set of tires for all practice, just to have fun. Then on the qualify, I TQ the European Championship. Um, and then on the final, I didn't win by my mistake, you know, like no experience. And I finished second. And uh, was there that uh, X-ray, told me like okay so maybe you can come to to florida for the world championship but i had no more holidays on my work 
So I was like, I said to my dad, we received the email that day, and I, I said to my dad, no, I'm not going because I have no more holidays. My job is very good in the moment, so I, I got a good salary. I don't want to go because I don't have any kind of contract. It was just an invitation to go to the race, just paying the travel and everything. So I said, I'm not going. And then he insisted and said, no, no, you must go there because we fight all our life to have this opportunity and now we have it. And I said, yes, but imagine if I'm going there and I don't make nothing special, you know, because they were there testing like one mount, everybody, you know, all teams. So I was like, I didn't trust on myself, you know. And it was my dad that said, no, you must go, you have the talent, you must go. And yeah, I went there, I quit my job that time. Um, I went there and I finished second. And yeah, after that, everything changed for me. And thanks to my father, basically. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a common theme around here that everyone has started racing as part of a family and then you know, it's, it, it's a lesser moved on from there. I mean, I mean, it's an interesting thing. I mean, how, how important, obviously, we know, we know Pierre very well. How, how, how important was your dad to you? Yeah, basically. So he was uh, he was into the RC model planes, um, and that's you know I I went with him to all the fields when he was flying, um, and at the time I think I was three or four years old, you know, just having fun uh, on the fields, and I was a little bit too young to be able to keep the planes in the air, let's say. So uh, we had a local track which was like a mini C track, uh, those small, very small Kyosho mini C indoor cars, and uh, he brought me to that track, and um, you know, first time I got the radio in my hand, I. I really loved it, and that's how he started. So, I think uh, one or two years later after that, he had to stop flying RC planes and, and uh, you know, go with me to a couple of uh, you know uh, local races with the Mini C cars. So I did that for I think a year, two years, and then um, I was lucky enough. I had um, Magnus Amelon, who was at the time number one in Sweden. He had seven national titles and a couple of Nordic titles. He was in the world's main in Furland 2004. Uh, he lived just 20 minutes from my home and he said, uh, you know, he wanted me to come to, to uh, a 1A track when he was practicing one day and I went there and uh, after I was there, that got me a used uh, Kyosho MP 7.5 Can I 3 and um, You are young. We tested that car for making the AE car. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that was my first car. Uh, when he got me that, I, I didn't run much Mini-C anymore. I, um, I did the 8-scale instead, and the year after I got it, I basically started racing at the you know, National Series in Sweden and, and uh, such, such events as that. And um, the advice I got from Magnus as well was to basically go into national racing as soon as we could, because it would give me more experience. So I was racing two, three years in Sweden, and before I went to my first international race, which was in 05. It was an indoor race in Belgium. So I went there, no expectations, just wanted to have fun and do my best. I ended up in A-Main. Um, Tortorici won the race, I think. Uh, I think also Miguel Matias was there on the podium. And uh, yeah, I finished seventh or something like this. So, you know, I started racing uh, a lot of races in, internationally as well as doing it in Sweden. So. Of course, the support from my dad and my family has been everything, and uh, yeah, a lot of thanks for them for everything they, they stood up for. I think three of you guys have got kids, haven't you now? Do you see a, another generation? Will you be encouraging your kids to race RC, Jared? Um, I'm not like pushing them at all. Uh, if they want to, it's fine. Uh, I kind of put a like age cap on there. They can't really drive until they're like seven. Um, you know, I feel like they're kind of able to 
actually, you know, hold the radio and kind of handle it. And I don't really need any more cars to work on right now. Um, so, I, you know, when my daughter turned seven, she got a radio, built her a car. She likes the dirt oval. She doesn't really like the off-road. So I built her an oval car, and she drove it a few times. She did one race last year. Um, she had a blast, but then this year she hasn't really wanted to at all. I took her to the track a couple times, and asked if she wanted to bring her car and she didn't want to so um you know i doesn't you know I, i'm not going to push her or anything uh my middle son cole he he doesn't really seem like he's going to have much interest he's uh he's more into like dinosaurs and ninja turtles and um you know any sort of cars or motorcycles he likes like the freestyle side he doesn't really care for racing um, my littlest guy, he's about turned three, Nash, he loves racing, like cannot get enough of it. I mean, every day he has to go down to see my cars. He wants to drive them. He just wants to hold them. Um, you know, he'll watch F1 with me. He loves cars. So if there's one that's going to race, it'll be Nash. You know, I'm not going to push him. Um, I'm going to probably try to hold him to the seven-year starting <laughs> limit but I, I don't know if I'll be able to and he he asked every day pretty much to dad to drive dad's broom broom so I I don't know but we'll see I'm not like wanting to you know build some super RC racer but if, if they want to I won't say that they can't but how do you too obviously one of them is a celebration Brazilian win surely <laughs> It's, uh, yes, it's, uh, yeah, I have two, two daughters, Alexia, she's now 19 years old, and uh, the second one, Marie, is uh, 14. So Marie is a title, uh, the one of the title, but yeah, as a girl, uh, they were not really, really focused on the, the racing. They just see me very few times. Uh, I have some years that I have, I'm out of home, like probably 45 weekends a year. So it doesn't leave much space. I think it's the same for much of the guy here, unfortunately, but it's a part of the job. Hopefully I can work from home, so I have the time to share a little bit of time with her. But they were not really focused and they, they couldn't get and understand, um, I would say, my job uh, until uh, two years ago. I, I raced the world in, uh, in Monteux, uh, one on road, and... Um, I make a small comeback. It was a nice challenge for me as well for, for HB Racing to, to be competitive, but I decided it, it was my last race. I could, I, I could attend as, a, as a, not a possible winner because it was, I was starting too far from back, but I was, just wanted to, to make a last, uh, last show. So I put a, a lot of effort. More, I mean, my daily job for HB, for everything, the time I spend uh, uh, on the racing for the team and yes, mainly with, with David. And, I, I work like crazy just to, to come back to be competitive and uh, I have been able to I think to, to come back in semi-final I was leading the semi-final so uh, in front of uh, Simon so I just could co come back where I wanted and they, they, they saw the work I was putting in and uh, uh, and it, it ended badly my, my engine broke uh, at that time so I couldn't make my last uh, target is to, to make the main uh, at home. So it was a very big disappointment for me personally, but also for them. And they, they saw how, how sad I was uh, because, and because they could understand uh, the, the amount of effort I've put in 
for them, for, the, for everything, plus for me. And after that, uh, the two asked me to, to spend time and uh, start driving. So my, my um, Alexia asked me, she built her own uh, Truggy car, and uh, she started to understand my passion, and she started to, to drive, and the second uh, as well, Marie was with me two weeks ago at the European Championship, she was my mechanic. So, so they, they, they start to, to drive, and I was pretty impressed on what they could already achieve. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, the, the experience that uh, I have with my, with my kid that just, just, it has been a declic when they understood uh, what was really my, my passion and the work uh, behind. So I'm, I'm super happy of that. Of course, they won't, uh, uh, maybe they will make a race one day. But uh, just the fact that they could have uh, shared with me the, and could understand uh, how much effort they have to put in into the, into the daily life as well, even for the work, I think it's a good motivation for them as well into the, for, for the future, to work to understand that nothing is free in, uh, in the life and you have to work hard. And especially even when you are talented, you, have to, you can't uh, waste it and work harder for that. So I just uh, hope they... They, yeah, they continue their life, hopefully. That's a great, very lovely story. Um, obviously, um, you're, you're a very new father, I believe. Ryan, what, what are your hopes for your, I'm sorry, I don't know if it's a son or a daughter. Are you, is it a boy or a girl you've had? Boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have a, me and my wife just, we have a one-year-old, his name's Kaysen, and I have no idea if he wants to race RC cars because he doesn't know what he's doing anyways. So, um, but I, I think, uh, I mean, for me, having a family, it's, uh, I don't know. I've prioritized things. I enjoy my life, my uh, family time. Um, and if he wants to race an RC car, cool. If not, whatever. You know, we'll go do whatever he wants to do. Um, I hope he wants to, because I can probably do this for free for a long time and save daddy some money. But uh, you know, I think it's uh, there's a lot of generational you know families that have done this, like the Losi family and uh, Mark Pavitas' son races now and he does pretty well. And um, it's uh, I think that's something that we would enjoy you know as fathers if our kids got into it but um you know if not it's all good we'll go do what they want to do it's all it's fun you will discover that it's more stress being uh you will discover that it's more stress being a pitman than a driver <laughs> yeah. I, I i didn't have boy let's say i have like a small kid with david because i think i met him he was 11 years old so i spent uh, i also get some achievement but uh, uh technically it's way harder to be under, especially when you know we all have the control of our cars, we have we have the skill, and but when you are under and you don't have the control and you know what's going to happen, and yeah. it's a lot of uh, of effort. But um, just I mean, for me, for example, uh, the the most emotion I had in, in my career, and it's not by racing, is uh, when David won the the title uh, uh, in, in in Vegas. Um, yes, because it was also another kind of uh, achievement. And uh, it's, it was also a nice, uh, nice feeling for that. Guys, thank you very much. Um, breakfast is, is over, uh, mainly because Ryan's nearly finished his breakfast beer. So uh, thank you so much for joining us for the Breakfast of Champions here at the World Championships. Mm -hmm.